right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. I know you missed us, but how are you, Casey? Yeah, we had to take a bye week in the middle of the playoffs. Just got a little much. Um, it's a little emotional after the Packer game. Wasn't really in a mindset to record. Uh, we'll see how that goes tonight. Uh, and then just, you know, schedules, Marlo. Where schedules. We, are, we are professionals, but, you know, sometimes... <laughs> Our actual professions and, and lives uh, do get in the way of of this profession. So yeah, it happens. I'm sad we miss it, but we're here for we're here for it now. Uh, as you alluded to, we we're recording now before the Packers game. We will come back afterwards, so this could be a weird emotional roller coaster of a podcast. We'll see how it goes, yeah. uh, but just a heads up. Yeah, through the magic of technology and, and time travel. Well, more technology, less time travel, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be splicing in the the Packers Niners reaction after after that game, hoping to get the rest of the podcast out of the way. Uh, and just Marlo, a weekend of I'm going to say this before the Packer game, I'm protecting myself <laughs> as I did for the Badger game, a weekend of low expectations. So uh, didn't come into this weekend expecting much, so therefore my emotions can't get hurt too bad. Again, saying that before the game, there, there you go. No no emotions will be hurt this after this evening. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in uh, an emotional field position, essentially, before this game. Uh, and before the uh, venture basketball game, I was the same. So there we go. That's where I'm at, Marlo. Let's talk Chiefs-Titans, the first uh, championship game here. Uh, Chiefs going to win 35-24. Another weird start to the game by the Chiefs. Uh, they go down yep. early uh, when the Titans were on top. They had a nice little cutaway with the game underdog song that we all remember from the early 2000s that they dusted off to have as the cutaway. I thought that was really cool. Maybe I thought it was 50 Cent. Not sure. <laughs> My mind to correct me on that, but I thought that was kind of fun. And if they went on to win, I kind of wrote that down and I was like, I'm going to bring that up. But I you know, took the note, so I wanted to bring it up anyway. Bill Cower was there. Yeah. Who? Newly introduced Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um. Is he? I mean, he coached forever. He won a Super Bowl, right? I guess he's a Hall yeah. of Famer. Well, I, yeah, I guess I questioned that too when it came up. Uh, we caught real quick. It's like, you know, they did the whole. They did this to Jerry or not Jerry? Um, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, they did Jerry Jones. They did Jimmy Johnson as well, but they did the whole "we'll do it on camera" thing. Yeah. And uh, during it, I was like, okay, I'm happy for him, but wait, why is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah. He had Jimmy the. Johnson. I mean, he was just. He was just the the piss the. The Steelers coach forever. Yeah, that's is that it? And they had one Super Bowl. It went a Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, yeah it was kind of weird. Um, I mean, is Dick Vermeil? I don't even know. I don't even know. I guess I don't know what coaches are in the Hall of Fame. So maybe I don't yeah. know what the the bar is. Jimmy Johnson for sure. I mean, he should be in the Hall of Fame. That's oh yeah, hundred percent. That's a no yeah. doubter. Uh, but Bill Cowher was at the Chiefs Titans game, and the Chiefs were cheering for him, which was even weirder. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand it. I guess he was an assistant, but. He went to the Steelers and coached there for like a thousand years. Like they probably had at least a playoff game against each other. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. But like, he's a rival coach. I don't care if he was an assistant. That was really weird to see him there with his big chin doing the uh, <laughs> chop thing, which is still okay in 2020, I guess. Apparently, apparently, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I was wondering that too. I mean, I know the Chiefs have been doing it ever, but now obviously yeah. they're. The Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, and it's kind of more prominent. Yeah. And I'm just waiting. I'm just saying, is this, this going to be okay in Super Bowl week? Is this going to be a two-week topic? I know. Oh, God. It, 
<laughs> it might. Yeah, it probably, maybe it deserves to be. I don't know. Um, I know the Braves tried to get away from it. Like they didn't uh, start it. Like the the yeah. uh, Braves organization doesn't start it anymore or something. But the fans still do it. So um, yeah, I saw that Bill Cowher's doing it. That just, it just felt it just felt weird. Weird start to the game. Chiefs go down early, and you just kind of. Everybody, you know, the broadcast, everybody's like, well, it's the Chiefs. You know, they're never out of it. But yeah, you kind of thought, well, maybe in this game, it's going right. to be different. They're not the Texans. They're not as poorly coached as the Texans are. They're not as flawed of a team as the Texans are. They're, I guess they're flawed in different ways. But you thought maybe with Derrick Henry, maybe with how well game planned the Titans seem to be in the first half, uh, first one and a half quarters of the game. Uh, you thought maybe there was a chance, but no, it was the same story. Chiefs turn it on, figure it out, and uh, Mahomes comes back and uh, leads them to victory. Yeah, I thought for a moment there, or before the game, that if the Titans could get up and then kind of run Derrick Heron, keeping the ball out of Mahomes' hands, they might have a chance. Uh, what I forgot to realize is that the Chiefs can just score in like two seconds whenever they want to, yeah. and they just like to toy around with teams and go down and be pretend like they have a chance and just take it away from them before halftime well the thing it's when the Chiefs score in basically every possession it doesn't matter how long you have the ball like yeah exactly score whatever it is that they get it back and uh that's the way that it felt it felt this game and Marlo now this is two weeks in a row I've been rooting against Patrick Mahomes and let me tell you it's not how dare you how dare you fun. it's really I'm watching it and I'm getting upset when he's doing really good things and I'm thinking to in my head like just enjoy this just like <laughs> enjoy how fun it is that he's doing this and i'm like darn it i want the underdog to win in both of those games and i'm like rolling my eyes when he's getting all fired up and stuff and it's like it, this should be fun i have no real rooting interest in this game why can't i just enjoy patrick mahomes doing patrick mahomes things i don't know uh it's been very frustrating yeah it's hard not to start out to root for him he's just fun loving guy running around yeah. out there slinging the rock Running for touchdowns. He, he led the team in rushing today, I believe. Probably. It just I mean, ended, so go ahead yeah. and check that. Go ahead and fact check that later. But it was, I think it was the same way, because I, I mean, I haven't, I couldn't find a rooting interest because I'm just, I'm just emotionally geared up for this game against the Packers because I need the Packers to lose, otherwise I might have to move. Uh, but we can talk about that later. So just having no rooting interest, and this, yeah. it was just sitting back and watching either Derrick Henry go off or Patrick Mahomes go off was kind of where I was at, just to, just to enjoy those two. Yeah, I should have been there, but I wasn't because I <laughs> wanted the underdog. Just Patrick Mahomes' mobility, you mentioned his leading the team in rushing. He did uh, with 53 yards. I think 30 of it or so was on that that long touchdown scamper down the sideline, which I don't know, when I was watching that, again, rooting against Patrick Mahomes, it seemed like one of those, like, he was going out of bounds, and then the defender kind of, like, let up because he's a quarterback, and you don't want to hit him as he's going out of bounds, and then he just stayed in bounds, which is, I guess, clever by Mahomes, but also cheating on the rules. Come on. Um, <laughs> and then the whole time, he's making the, quote-unquote, we've never seen that before throws <laughs> that we've seen, at least in Green Bay, right? So they... <laughs> So I'm sitting here, anti-Mahomes the whole way, it's it, very frustrating. I'm probably, uh, well, if they play the 49ers, I will be Team Mahomes, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. Also, Kansas City just seems like they have speed everywhere. Like, everybody on the team seems faster than who they're matched up on defense against. And it's like, yeah, here's what I don't get about it, Milo. Yep. 
why doesn't this work for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> why can't everybody have speed? Like, it's uh, oh, this is a. I'm thinking this take out uh, as as I go right now. So maybe yep. this isn't great. But take like, on the fly. I know lots of pa- the Packers have drafted speed players. You know, j- I'm sure the Bears have. You know, they took a uh, flyer on Cordell Patterson, right? The speed yep. player who just. Yep. But it never seems like they're in the space. Maybe that's Andy Reid's offense. Uh, they never seem like they're able to do the other things when you get speed. Maybe it's Kansas City players, whether it's Tyreek Hill. Uh, I mean, even they incorporate Watkins, who has never done anything anywhere uh, but has speed. Uh, the new guy that I can't remember right now. Uh, it just seems like they have speed, and other teams try to get the speed, right? But the other parts aren't there. Is that what it is? Yeah, I don't know. Other teams try to get speed. Yeah, they just don't know how to utilize said speed. Yeah. Um, it seems like it, it does, but it does seem like they have more speed at every position than most most other teams do, and yeah. that just doesn't seem fair. Well, I think the reason they're able to get away with it because a lot of times you go, okay, but if you need a first down, right, you can't rely on Tyreek Hill to win a physical battle, right? But then you yeah. have Kelsey. Kelsey's kind of the equalizer there as far as their offense goes you have he's the guy who's gonna win that one-on-one battle Tyree Kill you know on third and seven or whatever might not be able to win one-on-one when you need him to but Kelsey can so you're able to kind of get away with with kind of giving up some of the other things you would want in kind of a number one wide receiver yeah to to have the speed of Hill and other players uh speaking of Kelsey yeah Kelsey again I'm just being annoying (laughs) annoyed at this game Maybe I'm being annoying to the listeners. I don't know. But I'm being annoying at the game. Kelsey uh, signaling first down every time, whether he makes it or not. He wants everybody to know. He's signaling the first down with the yellow gloves every time. The worst. I think there's a flag. The worst. Ugh. The Kansas City yellow gloves and the yellow shoes, by the way. Yeah. There's so many times where I think those are flags flying around when they cut to screens or whatnot. And I'm like, where's the flag? Where's the flag? I'm just yelling, where's the flag? Oh, that's just yeah. someone's shoes. That's just Kelsey going first down. Yeah. Uh, that is annoying. They need to take that out. Yeah, or I see, a, or there is a flag, and oh, I yeah. go, oh, there's not a flag because it's just a shoe <laughs> or something, and then the refs are huddling up, and I go, oh, no, it is a flag. Okay, and I think the guy who puts a little flag icon up there, I'm yeah. sure there's a guy whose job it is to hit that flag button. Um, I think even <laughs> he has a little only bit of time it was a little bit slower when there's a flag on the field during this one, so I think those, but it's part of their color scheme, right? So I guess you can't... Like, yeah, it is part of color scheme, but it's just annoying that they use... Just the yellow. Use the red for their gloves and shoes. Just yeah. use yellow somewhere else. I just can't. It, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's something about the shoes and the gloves that specifically look like the flags are flying around. Should the flags be a different color? Ooh, maybe. Think about that. Think about that. We already. Uh, it can be kay. that like Seahawks green, like that really <laughs> neon green color. Except when the Seahawks are playing, obviously. Then you got you to gotta no. change it. Uh, why are. It, it, anyway, it doesn't have to. Why be. are they yellow? Why, why are they yellow? They've always they don't been have yellow. to always be yellow. Just, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a rule that they are, but aside from that being the rule. All right, anyway. Um, oh, I did want to bring up one play, Marlo. Um, yes. During the game that was ended up being an 11-point game. Uh, was it even probably that close? I don't think so. Titans I think as soon as they went up at halftime, it was over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Titans scored a, a late touchdown to, to bring it within the 11, uh, but it didn't. in the second half, it definitely didn't feel that close. But on the touchdown, uh, the was it the last touchdown on the touch, Sammy Watkins touchdown where yeah. it, they called defensive holding. Uh, both the wide receiver and defensive defensive back kind of like engaged, and 
if you are a Titans fan, you would say Watkins threw him to the ground. If you are a Chiefs fan, you would say that the defensive back uh, started the contact and held Watkins as he broke free. Uh, as a Wisconsin fan, Marlo, I would say that the wide receiver has an obligation to avoid contact with the defensive back and once engaged has an obligation to not farther the contact Um and that's all I have to say about that because I'm still not over still not mad. Still not over that terrible offense pass interference. And this was the literal same exact situation. I know it's a different league, but like it's essentially in this rule, the rules are the same. Uh, and it was called a hold and not offensive pass interference because it wasn't pass interference. So I just wanted to, I guess, pour salt in my own wound on that. All right. Yeah, that was <laughs> tough. Did you? That was. Um... Sammy Watkins, this is funny because it's kind of a throwback to our week one hot takes. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, we had, had Sammy Watkins had three touchdowns in the fir- in week one, and that was his first time touchdown since since then, all yeah, season. Which is crazy. Uh, yeah, and so my yeah, I remember my take being that Sammy he was going to break all the touchdown and receiving records this season, uh, starting with week one. So but that then turned to fruition. He broke Titans fans' hearts. How about that? There we go. He broke their hearts. <laughs> uh, and now we got Andy Reid back in the Super Bowl. Uh, he's I think back he's now. Two and seven in championship games. Obviously, the one uh, other Super Bowl appearance was with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, So I'm sure that'll be another storyline we hear, and we'll talk a little bit more about storylines, I guess, when we look ahead at the Super Bowl after the Packer Niner game. All right, I can't. I'm pretty excited to see what what that segment's going to bring. Starting (laughs) coming up here, the swing in emotions. Which way is it going to go? Yeah, Uh, should be good. Yeah. All right, Casey, we're here right after the Packers 49ers game. You have the floor. Through the power of technology. Um, all right. <clears throat> so first half happened. Um Packers were down 24-0 at halftime, something like that. Yeah. 27, even worse, 27-0 at halftime. Um had to go do some dad things. Um, was watching my four-month-old daughter uh, playing her little play mat, and she's kind of trying to reach for her toy, right? But she doesn't know how to control her arms and legs, so she's just kind of flailing about. So she's flailing, trying to grab something, moving her arms. They're jolting. It uh, was a lot like the Packers' first half. Very relatable. Very relatable. Very I was relatable. like, this is exactly how the Packers look, trying to play football in the first half. Like, they don't know how to use their arms and legs. Um, absolutely brutal. And uh, I don't know if you're... So that's joke one, Marlo. I got another one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number two, um, your boy Eminem dropped an album this weekend. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can rap really fast. It's still pretty impressive. Um, it's also funny, like him, he's like referencing like 9-11 still and like... <laughs> Things that happened in like the '90s and early 2000s, and you're like, does any do any of the people listening to this know what any of this is? It's really kind of kind of weird uh, yeah. listening to it now, you know, in in 2020. Anyway, um, the Packers are the Nick Cannon to the 49ers Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I got. Those are my opening jokes. Uh, had 9/11 reference. That's probably not great, um, but <laughs> Packers just. They no showed Marlo. Um, yeah, they. You came out and you thought, "Hey, it can't be as bad as the last time they came out to Santa Clara." Because of course, you would have a stadium in a city that's not where your your, your name is. But whatever. Um, and they, it was the exact same. It was the exact same thing. I don't. 
I don't know what the whole narrative going in this week was. Well, they went out and they weren't prepared and they learned their lessons from the last time. And based on this game, I don't think they learned anything. I couldn't tell a, a difference in the game plan at all. Um, I don't know what the, I don't know what the heck was going on. Uh, luckily, I was in the emotional fetal position and completely prepared for this. <laughs> I had very low expectations for this game, and the way it went, I had no reason to change that stance. I had no reason to kind of emo- get emotionally invested whatsoever. I just kind of hoped they didn't embarrass themselves, and it very much ended up being like the Wisconsin-Michigan State game that we'll talk about. We talked about earlier, but we'll talk about later as you listen to this. <laughs> Um, oh, putting everyone's brain in a pretzel, man! What I just that first half they could not stop any no run. They couldn't stop the run. Period. They couldn't uh, stop the run the whole game. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll we'll start there. I don't know what I don't know what the game plan is. They gave up 285 yards. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, a lot of that was in the first half, and one of the 49ers running backs like broke his arm during the game. Is that what happened? Yeah. He got like, yeah, early on. off. And that didn't even matter because Mostert, who I've <laughs> never heard of before, had 220 yards with four touchdowns. Uh, I So defensively, the game plan has to be the same as when you play the Vikings. Make Kirk Cousins beat you, right? Make Jimmy Garoppolo beat you. <coughs> Sorry. Excuse me. <coughs> and they didn't do that. They I don't know what offense they thought they were playing. They were continually not putting men in the box. Um, I mean, if you watched the Chiefs earlier in the day play the Titans, you saw how packed that line of scrimmage was. Um, you didn't see that with Green Bay. Uh, you saw some DBs creeping up, but that was about it. Look, maybe San Francisco's rushing attack is just that good, and maybe the matchup against Green Bay is just that bad for Green Bay. I think that's very possible. But it, Green Bay just didn't seem like they had a plan to stop what everybody knew San Francisco was going to do, what San Francisco did last time, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand what the defensive game plan was. It obviously didn't work, but you got to make Garoppolo beat you. He threw eight passes. Eight. Eight. He completed six, which they put up was like a pass behind a record by like the 72 Dolphins or something stupid. I don't even know if that's what it was, but it doesn't matter. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't get I don't I don't get what that the game plan was. The offensive game plan wasn't much else just much better, but I felt like if things had if they didn't F everything up in the first half, which I can go through a couple things in a moment, like it seemed like they were able to move the ball a bit. You can say that that was in garbage time, but like it's not like San Francisco's out there letting them get the ball back the game letting them get back in the game. Um is a little too much relying on Aaron Rodgers to do Aaron Rodgers things, which I don't know if he can't do or there aren't the pieces around him to do. The whole thing was that he has better pieces around him. Have Aaron Jones, he didn't get the ball enough, uh, especially in the passing game. He had five receptions, which is surprising. I thought it was a little way less than that. The 49ers continually... So, to pack him in the box, I wanted to say something about the 49ers offense. Yep. They did a really good job a la Wisconsin offense of like running to the edges at the right times. They ran a lot of sweep type plays. Uh, jet sweeps. Jet sweep type plays um, that would kind of get you out of just packing the box that the Titans weren't able to do early in the game. Uh, so it was just, a, it was a well-organized attack by, rushing attack by San Francisco. I just feel like 
Packers. I don't know what they planned for. I don't. I honestly don't know what they thought the 49ers were going to do because the 49ers did exactly what I thought they were going to do, and they were successful at it. I just, I, I just don't understand. So what's the? I guess what's for you? What's the most frustrating or angry thing part that you look at? Is it? Yeah, the defensive. Uh, well, was it the defense? Not being able to stop the run, or was yeah. it the offense not being able to move the ball effectively, especially in the first half? Well, I think it, it's the most frustrating thing was the defense because yeah. nothing is more frustrating than losing to a rushing attack. It's death by a thousand cuts. It's yeah. so frustrating just seeing them, and not only like just being able to run the ball, but big runs on third down. Like the the first touchdown was on a third and eight. Uh, they just ran it 30-something yards into the end zone. They had multiple third and long conversions where they ran the ball, which was absolutely frustrating. Um, and the offensive end, I felt I, I felt like we were there. We moved the ball. Um, so if they – there's just a couple penalties in this game, a couple mistakes that the Packers made that I think have gone differently. <laughs> I don't know that they win, but it's, it's a different game. It's sure. 10 – 10 to 7, I think, or 10 to 0, excuse me, 14 to 0. I don't remember exactly. But when they fumbled. Two score uh, game. Two score game, because they had the really crappy punt that went like 15 yards. Yep. Which I don't understand. Uh, at least he didn't drop the ball, I guess. But he punted it like 15 yards. I don't understand how that happens. They get the. So they're down 14 0. They get the ball back. They're driving, and then all of a sudden we forget how to hand snap the ball, and it just <laughs> falls on the ground. Uh, we're going in to score there. We we are driving there, and then at least 14, three, yeah, yeah. And then it's fourteen seven. I, I for my narrative sake, I'm going to say we we absolutely score a touchdown there. Uh, we felt like we were moving the ball there. Uh, fum, fumble that that changes it. Uh, Rogers forces a pass that's intercepted. Uh, I mean, we gave him fourteen points right there, uh, or ten points right there. You flip those two things, you say we get a touchdown and a field goal. I mean, then we're going in a half. You know, 14-10, something like that, 21-14. I mean, then it's a reasonable game. Uh, but we made those mistakes. It's not the lack of a game plan offense or inability to move the ball. Well, that was frustrating. It's the big mistakes on offense that really really irked me there. Because um, I think we're right there. I think we're right there with Green Bay. I, obviously, the, that I, maybe that seems ridiculous to say. What is? But I think if those couple th- So we went on the road executed our game plan poorly and lost the turnover battle and like I I don't know maybe I'm trying to convince myself that it wasn't the beating that it was it was a bad loss and we didn't play well but it felt like everything went against us and maybe that's just me trying to sugarcoat the actual outcome what do you think of your boy Aaron uh, and that fumble just standing there, not going after the ball. I don't think anybody knew where the ball was. Mm-hmm. Like the, it was a pass play, so everybody was dropping back and into pass coverage. So I don't know if you could have seen that. It, it just seemed like, I mean, even the offensive linemen who were setting up to block didn't see it, and um, it just sat right at the right at the forty nine ers guy's feet. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> That kind of bounced there. Adam, was there a, an angle I didn't see where he had a chance to get it? That uh, I just, I just looked like it, I just nagging a little bit, but it just kind of looked like when he snapped it and he knew he fumbled it, he just kind of stood there and watched the ball. Uh, I think I was like a <clears throat> the way I saw it was like, well, "Where's the ball? Where there? Oh, there it is! It's on the other side of six hundred pounds of humans." 
So I don't know. I I didn't see a, a way that he was going to recover that. I mean, the 49er defensive lineman just looked down and he was like, oh, a free football. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um, I guess the other annoying thing uh, that I take out of this is this. The Packers have been a it's super say underweight is not the right word doubted team they've been a doubted team all year uh that they're you know not a good team somehow accidentally win these games because uh, that's how football works um that they're <clears throat> outperforming what they their expectations and this just feeds a narrative that they quote-unquote aren't that good of a team uh which they weren't they're, i don't think they're better than the 49ers i think they could play the 49ers 10 times i think the 49ers win eight of them I think the 49ers are just a bad matchup. I think they're a better, more complete team than Green Bay. Um, we'll talk about more that a little bit more, I think, in the Super Bowl preview. But the fact that this idea that the Packers aren't a good team, just I've had to hear it from national media people all year. Obviously, Packer people think they're a good team. They always do. But yeah. it's just frustrating. This is going to feed into it. And sure, they're not better than, than San Francisco. But I, you can't say they're not the second best team in the NFC. Which again, maybe I'm just trying to tell myself this to feel better, but like who they beat Seattle, they beat Minnesota twice in the year, and New Orleans couldn't even beat freaking Minnesota. So to sit here and tell me that Green Bay's the not good good team, look around the NFC and you'll see a lot of worse teams, and they're one of the four best teams at the end of the year, and I'm completely comfortable with that. And I'm gonna have to hear the next two days of takes of how they're not. <laughs> that good and it's gonna be so annoying they're not better than san francisco but they're better than every other team in the nfc right right yeah i, I think that was uh consensus scrolling through the social media was uh there was a lot of amber alerts for the packers that was out there yeah that was pretty funny um uh, and then and then there's a lot of um uh, everyone else quiet because we're actually in the game and you guys are not right. talk uh so yeah, yeah, that, I, I agree with that. That's a narrative flying around there. Um, yeah, good news. I'm not gonna have to move because uh, that was that was what I got to do if the Packers won. Because I don't know if I could have been in the state for two weeks while the Packers yeah. were in the Super Bowl stuff. Yeah, so good on good on me. Also, other note, uh, I think the funniest thing from the Super Bowl that wasn't part of the game was Rob Lowe. Oh, yeah. uh, not the Super Bowl, sorry, the <laughs> NFC Championship. Rob Lowe in an NFL hat. <laughs> Fantastic. Just, just sitting there. Just, just wants. He just wants a good, a good, a nice, clean game yeah. between both teams. He's cheering, he's cheering for the officials. <laughs> yeah, that's. Was well, a good, clean game. Yeah. Well appreciated game. Um, some tough calls on the Packers. Some tough calls on the Packers. There uh, was some. There was some questionable calls. Hey, but so, the, you uh, got your spot. At least you won your challenge. I felt we did. Oh, okay. Um. We did win that one. Although they called uh, Jimmy Graham short yeah, on that touchdown. No idea how that was short. I felt like that was a makeup for <laughs> last week. <laughs> the official was like, it's Jimmy Graham. He's going to be short. I don't care what we <laughs> see. <laughs> this week, he's short. Because uh, the ball was extended into the end zone. I don't, I don't yeah. understand. I, th- I saw them score the touchdown on the subsequent play, and I assumed that was the two-point conversion. Uh, yeah. I was on baby duty here. Yeah. Um, and then they ran the two-point conversion play. I was so confused. I was like, what happened? <laughs> and, then, and then I saw that. That was really funny seeing uh, Rob Lowe. They're just cheering for, cheering for 
a good game. A lot of a lot of Jerry Rice on the side. A lot of Jerry Rice. Um, as we talked about, I, I don't know if we mentioned earlier, he was my favorite player uh, growing up. Um, so that was tough to see, just him having a lot of fun at my team's <laughs> expense. That, that was hurtful. Um, Troy, so we need to get our researchers on this, Marlo. Yeah. I would like to know how many words Troy Aikman says in a broadcast and compare that with other broadcasters because he is always talking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Do you think more, you got the over under, were over, over under more words than um, Tony Romo? I think has to be more than Tony Romo. Wow. I, so Joe Buck is good yeah. in that he lets the game be. Like when he's calling a game, he he says fewer things because he that's the way he announces it. It's why he's good for baseball. You kind of get the feel of the, the fans and things going on, and, and he kind of lets the game breathe as he announces. Um, that's why Joe Buck is good at calling games. But when he's with Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman just fills all the voids with his talking. It's unbelievable. That's Whereas... True. Whereas in uh, the CBS game, you have Jim Nance and Tony Romo, and they have like a little bit of back and forth. They talk to each other, and they, you know, uh, Jim Nance is calling the plays. Yeah, I feel like in Fox, you just have Troy. Yeah, yeah, Troy. Like can, he'll bring up he'll bring up plays from like two plays ago and re go over them again. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was he does that all the time. Uh, but yeah, I can see that he, he does have to say he always does have to talk and doesn't really know when the moment is the moment. Yeah. Just and you know him being the Cowboys guy and all that. It's, yeah. Um. All right. That's all I had. It's all oh, you got. They, on your practice. Were, uh, it was really fun to watch uh, Forty Hours waste time with twelve minutes left in the game. Yes. Doing the whole and then the announcers talk about it like it, they're all everybody's a genius for doing this. And yeah. That was great. That was great television. That was fantastic. They're definitely getting rid of. They're definitely going to tweak that rule in the offseason, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, it's been exploited now in what three playoff games. Yeah, and three, yeah, so 100%. All right, that's it for the game. Should we look ahead to the Super Bowl? Let's look ahead. 49ers Chiefs in two weeks now. Ugh, two tough weeks. week. Yep. The the gap week is real tough. Yeah, well, you got the Pro Bowl to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. Gonna look forward to that. Um, <laughs> 49ers Chiefs, um, I guess we'll start. Let's start with uh, probably the two best teams made it. I think it's. Safe to say now, obviously they won the games, but yeah. um, just from uh, looking back at the season as we stand, uh, these are probably the two best teams. I I, I don't think you can make it. Yeah, I, I, yeah I can see. I, I, it'd be different, obviously, if the Titans had won. I mean, if you did the Packers up there, you know, we just went over what the narrative is. It's a good team that yeah. people don't think is good, but you could still make the argument that, you know, they uh, they made their way there. So... Looking back, Chiefs 49ers, like 49ers had to, were running away with the NFC, stumbled, stumbled their toes towards the end. Yeah. Um, but we're able to get that number one seed, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Mahomes, this should be fun. Yeah. I think, I guess the the only argument you could make was throughout the season, maybe the Ravens were better. But I yeah. think yeah. watching what Mahomes did these past two games, uh, obviously and the Ravens losing, but uh it just seems like that offense is is too good, and I think it's the as a neutral fan probably the most interesting matchup. Uh, first of all, it saved us from all the obvious narratives. Like, there's yeah. no real kind of did you know that such and such happened, or you know 
the State Farm thing or the Super Bowl one or well, any the of the State like Farm thing ob- would have been tough. The real obvious narratives. Yeah. I, I think it's just like, oh crap, we just have two good teams. We might have to talk about. <laughs> might have to talk about the teams. Um, so that's I think good. Um, in in the long run, uh, that we don't have to deal with those annoying narratives. Or yeah. obvi- I don't I don't mean annoying. They're going to find narratives though. They will come out. Um, but the obvious ones, the kind of like, did you know that the 49ers passed up on Aaron Rodgers <laughs> type, type narratives? Yeah. I don't think we'll have those. Uh, I think we'll get uh, Kyle Shanahan, young yep. young coach versus Andy Reid, the veteran. Can he get it? Finally, get it done. Both looking for yeah. Both looking for first. Obviously, both looking for first Super Bowls. Yeah, quarterbacks looking have, for Super Bowls. Yeah, uh, I think you'll have the uh, young quarterbacks narrative. Yep. Um, Mahomes and Jimmy G, even though Mahomes put his team on his back and carried him there, and Jimmy G handed the ball off. <laughs> but they're both there. But they're both there. Um, I think those are my kind of narratives. And you're going to have to have the, the 49ers run game versus Chiefs run defense. That's yeah. Gonna be a- uh, yeah. Obviously, the Robbie Gold narrative. Uh, Robbie Gold with the Super Bowl, obviously. Yeah. Um, clearly. Yeah, that's... People, people will be talking about. That. People have been asking, "Is this Robbie? This, this is Robbie Gold's year." <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, interesting matchup. Uh, like I said, 49ers versus Chiefs run defense. Uh, you'd think the 49ers defense has the best chance to slow down. This is probably the best defense that Mahomes is going to see, right? Pro, uh, yeah, probably. So at least gives us the best the best chance to to stop him. Um, we'll see. I, I guess the the thing is they get they can get pressure with uh, four down linemen, right? They right. Can just rush those four and get pressure. Um, you saw today the Titans were just not able to do that, and they had to blitz. And when they blitz, Mahomes just eats you apart. So maybe they can get pressure without having to blitz as a way to as a way to slow him down. Um, and it'll be interesting. Jimmy G might actually have to throw the football. Yes, he he's got to do something. Going. Yeah, as you, yeah, as the Titans found out, you can't just kind of run. You're going to have to keep up pace with with the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes, score for score. Uh, that's just the way to be. They're going to find a, the Chiefs are going to find a way to score. You got to be able to score on offense as well and try to slow them down as much as possible. Sounds sounds super simple. Sounds basic football, but that's you know that's essentially what you got to do at a high level. We also get to see how many times Nick Bosa can Ooh. pretend to be hurt during the game. True. That'll be fun. True. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd be. I'm worried if the Chiefs fall down early. Um, they, Always they will. <laughs> they can't. Obviously, they can't keep doing this, right? They, they can't <laughs> just keep falling behind. Uh, I don't know. Early, early picks, Marlo. What do you got? Ah, uh, my expectations. My super early. <laughs> Honestly, expectations here is that I th- I believe the Chiefs have what it takes uh, to get this one done. I like the matchup. It's you know it's their it's good on good, good Devers, yeah. good O. Um, so that's gonna be fun. I just hope I mean like everything. I hope it's an entertaining Super Bowl, but I think it will be. Uh, but I I'm whole I, I'm right now. I think it's gonna be a close game, but that the Chiefs come out ahead. Well. We talked earlier about how I've been rooting against Patrick Mahomes for two weeks. I will not do that anymore. I am fully behind the Chiefs. <laughs> fully behind the for Chiefs. For them, 
I think that the 49ers are going to win it because they're going to run for 300 freaking yards, and that's recency bias. It's <laughs> <laughs> recency bias in my narrative. Um, yeah. 285 yards. Unbelievable. Uh, there we go. There we go. Right. Chiefs, 49ers. Chiefs for Super Bowl in 50 years. 49ers have won a billion already. Yep. Um, That'll be a narrative. We're going to see a lot of, a lot, we're, we're probably going to, well, we're definitely going to see a lot of, uh, we're going to see a lot of Joe Montana these coming oh, yeah, weeks. Joe Montana. That's the, I guess that's the obvious narrative. There's the obvious yeah. one. Yeah. Joe Montana and, uh, <sighs> why am I messing up? Who's, who came out there, Joe? Is that ESPN? Steve yeah, Steve, Steve Young. Of course, there'd be a lot of Steve Youngs with ESPN, but there'll be a lot of that talk for you now. So yeah, he was there. He was there hugging Jerry Rice. Yeah, yeah, him and Jerry. You know, obviously, there's gonna be a lot of Jerry. Jerry doesn't seem like he has anything else to do right now. So I wouldn't do any. I wouldn't be doing anything else. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not. I'm literally watching the game. And well, talking that, about he, it. They might be there. Yeah, he's he literally just in his three piece suit doing a, like a sixty yard dash down the field. Yeah. Did you see yeah. his forty nine er chain? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. So mad. <laughs> just having a blast and there's like a sad Packer fan right behind him just like shaking his head and I was like I feel you guy I feel you yeah. sad Packer fan that's tough that is tough alright uh, well yeah we're gonna have more next week on Super Bowl uh, is, the, is media day in the first week or is that in the second week I don't know maybe we'll be able to, I don't know if we'll have some media no data I don't, I don't know maybe we'll maybe we won't you have to tune and check out anything else in the Super Bowl any last words in the Packers good season Good season. Uh, Thirteen and three regular season. I mean, at the NFC Championship, I think. And you, not it's obviously better than I expected uh, going into the year. I was honestly just hoping for uh, a playoff berth going into the year, and we did much better than that. Uh, great first year from Matt Lafleur. A lot of things I'd like to see worked out. <laughs> Lots of improvements I'd like to see, but um, you can't deny the improvement that 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 this team had. Uh, added some playmakers on the defense. Uh, I guess looking at that, you need to fill out the depth to get uh, to take that defense up a, up another level. Um, need another playmaker on offense. Just little, you know, little pieces. But to sit here and look at these pieces as, as a thirteen and three team that made the NFC Championship game, you can't, at the end of the day, uh, a successful season. Although it is obviously uh, disappointing and frustrating today. On to Badger basketball. Badgers had two games this last week. Week, so let's review those. Look ahead at this coming week, as we often do. Uh, first midweek, they had a win at home against Maryland, fifty-six, fifty-four. Uh, game really came down to, uh, I guess, depending on your point, but a Brad Davison heroics. I don't think there's any other way to to headline this game. As time ran down, fourteen seconds ish left on the clock. Uh, Maryland inbounding the ball, up one. Uh, Davison gets a steal, knocks the ball off of the inbounding player. Wisconsin ball, they get a timeout. And a play is called for Davison to shoot a corner three a la Bronson Koenig against Xavier, was it? Yes, Xavier. All that. uh, He wasn't fading out of bounds as much as Koenig was, but nonetheless, it was in roughly the same spot. So kind of had callbacks to that and then got to see online clips of that shot again, which is always fun. Uh, And then the cutaway to Bill Murray just... (laughs) Great. Um, I mean, Davison, I guess you could say, saved the game? (laughs) Is that how you put it if you want to be a little bit negative? Yeah. Well, why did he have to, why did did Davison have to save the game? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, we go back one more play because that was the that was I before the day before the play we just talked about. Yep. Just dribbled out the clock and didn't even get a shot up uh, to give the, to give the ball back to Maryland. Um, so then Davis had to do the heroics so everyone could forget about that. I yeah. didn't. Well. Um, <laughs> for the record, but it was a yeah. I mean, it was a the Davison play, very headsy, very uh, nice hustle play, and the shot. One of those shots that I was as he was taking it was like, no, why are we doing yeah. that? Okay, yes, yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely one of those, but. You know, it's a good win. It was a good win against a rank, I mean, it's ranked team. Um, obviously, at home, uh, it was just nice to get out with the, with the W. Yeah, when the play went to Davison, and, and even in hindsight, I'm kind of like, really, is he the guy we want? We want shooting that. Obviously, he made it, so I guess it was it was the right call. Uh, interesting, also, to go for the three right away. Yeah. Uh, yep. Shot clock that left. I think nine seconds left in the game. Maryland was able to come down, take a shot. They could have taken a shot to obviously tie or win uh Cohen ended up pulling up from for a deep three um missed it and then they had a heave at the end which may or may not have counted but it was it, it was short as well so it was interesting to kind of get the I mean I guess at the end you want to have the points right if you think that's the best shot yeah. that you're going to get you take the points but it was a little bit weird that they didn't do that and I agree with you it was very frustrating the possession before uh where Davidson's dribbling with the ball and he's just not the guy you want with the ball with time running down on the shot clock. He forces too much and doesn't seem to always make the best decision um, with that. So that was iffy. Uh, had a timeout. Could have used it there to set up a play. Uh, obviously used it after the, the inbounds play. So I don't know. I feel like that's horse apiece, but I know that some people think uh, the timeout should have been called there. Uh, and I guess Davison being in the ball handler, the primary ball handler at the end of the game, is kind of one of a lot of what I think... Badger fans would call questionable lineup decisions uh, during the game. Uh, so I, I already mentioned Davison being in late uh, as the primary ball handler, not Trice, kind of iffy uh, there. Uh, but I think the most glaring one was uh, Potter only playing 13 minutes despite being 6 of 7, uh, 2 for 3 from the, beyond the arc, finished with 14 points, but again, only 13 minutes. Kind of strange not to see him out there uh, in large chunks in the second half. Yeah, that was the it was the head scratching point. Well, that was one of the big head scratching point of the game is towards the end there. Where's Where's Potter? Why was he in? I've heard the theories of um, the defensive matchups didn't work out, but he was, you know, offensively playing a hell of a game. He was a big reason we were we were at the position to win the game at the end or towards the end uh, of the first half there. And I think I mean I didn't see it again. I, I'm not an expert, but I. Didn't see where he was, you know, where the defensive deficiency was coming out with him in the game. So I guess he's kind of stepped in my take, Marlo. But I think both yeah. both of these coaches kind of seemed to go with the defensive first lineup. They wanted to make sure that they prevented the other team from scoring um, as best they could. Good strategy. See that with the fifty six fifty four final there. Um, yep. But Mar- so Maryland only played one big for most of the game, and I think that. Guard thought that having another big out there would leave too many of their shooters open, uh, and therefore you couldn't play both Reavers and Potter at the same time. Otherwise, you would give up too much on the defensive end. This is my theory, uh, and I think when it comes down to it, 
Would you rather have Potter or Reavers out there? And again, he erred on the side of defense with Reavers, uh, who had a couple nice defensive plays and played yeah, generally did. pretty good defense. Uh, but would you have needed that kind of exact precise defense if you had better offense out of out of Potter? Uh, remains to be seen. And I expected to see more Potter Reaver Reavers lineups against Michigan State, which we did. Didn't work out. <laughs> Too well, but we definitely saw more kind of two-man big lineup. I think it was just kind of a matchup thing against Maryland uh, for for the point of that. But again, the stagger between um, Potter and uh, Reavers was surprising, especially with Aleem Ford getting 17 minutes. I don't know what he does anymore now that Potter's Nothing. Back. Um, Takes terrible shots. He, hey, he never... <laughs> Never sees the look he doesn't like. Uh, yeah, more or less, he's oh, he was 0 for 3 in the game. With 17, uh, 17 minutes, 0 for 3 from 3. Um, I just don't know what he's given you that, that Potter's not. So I was a little surprised to see those Ford minutes more than I was seeing Reavers kind of in there, in there down the stretch. Um, so I got from Maryland, Marlo. Good win. Good win. Good win. Uh, yeah, I just, again, and well, I mean... After that, I just felt this team is just so weird. Yep. Uh, that that was the feeling I got after after Maryland win. Uh, you know, we had the loss to Illinois, the loss to Rutgers, we beat a Maryland, we beat that Tennessee out of nowhere. We become this this team. I just don't know what to respect to expect out of them on a yeah. day in day out basis. You know, but it was it was just good to come out with the win. Yeah, it was. Uh, Got to win games like this if you want to make the tournament. I know it's frustrating. That that's the bar that we're at, um, but that's what we're talking about this year. Yep. Um, and this was this was a good this was a good win. And the uh, quad one win, as they would call it. Sure, <laughs> sure. All right. Um, well, we carried over that win into Michigan State. Where do they play? East Lansing. I almost said Ann Arbor. East Lansing. <laughs> carried that yeah, one no, into East Lansing. Traveled to Michigan State. Uh, as I mentioned, Marlo, I was in the emotional fetal position for this game. Uh, had some low expectations going into it, and they definitely bore out as Wisconsin got crushed 67-55, and it wasn't even that close. was not that close. Good news, Wisconsin finished on a 13-0 run. That's right. And still lost That's by good news. 12. Still lost yeah, that is good news. Still lost, still lost by 12. So yeah. it, if we just only had a little more time, probably would have won that game. You can look at it that way. Yeah, we just needed more time. That's right. It was it was unfair that the game was only forty minutes long, um, and Wisconsin couldn't do anything to <laughs> to make it longer. <laughs> I was upset it was forty minutes. So I wanted to end at halftime. I was like, "All right, <laughs> dusted." There we go. Um, so I have two two excuses for this one, Marlo. Two. Okay. Uh, first of all, this is a schedule loss. This is the main reason I was not um, expecting much from this game. Uh, Michigan State returning home as everybody in the Big Ten is, is a better, much better home teams than they are road teams. But they just came off a 71-42 whooping at Purdue. And I couldn't envision a world in which they didn't come out just on fire and just ready to go. Uh, for all the shots they missed in that Purdue game, they made them today. It, it, it just was a complete flip-flop of their performance in that Purdue game to this game. Yep. And I totally saw it coming and totally expected it. And uh, just a schedule loss. I mean, you can't, yeah. it's just fate, Marlo. You can't do anything about that. Yeah. You know, Izzo all week had the players in their shoulder pads and helmets 
uh, at practice with the uh, with the sleds out. Izzo was running them crazy, and just having that, yeah, that that loss at Purdue coming off that, you knew it wasn't they were going to come out swinging. Yeah, and you know I'm sitting there watching three point shooters who are what was he like thirty percent on the year being. I thought he's four for four. It has him down three for three, so maybe they took one back. Um, just it seemed like everything was falling for them. Everything was working out well. Uh, Xavier Tillman still there, <laughs> still there, <laughs> uh, looking like uh, a grown Cash man is, against. Cash is still there. Yeah, looking like a grown man against uh, our our posts, our post players. Uh, so schedule lost and just bad matchup, Marlon. Just all around bad matchup. I think uh, if you think about the strengths of Wisconsin, whatever they may be, uh, Michigan State is good at stopping them. <laughs> uh, the post players good at kind of uh, being more athletic than us on the wing, closing down on our outside shots. Um, and what does Wisconsin's defense have trouble stopping? A really versatile guard who can create and Cassius Winston certainly is that. Didn't shoot well, only shooting three for 12 with six points uh but seemed like he was just moving the offense and, and getting everybody involved uh and just just all around bad matchup Marlo. yeah uh kudos for passing Mateen Cleaves for the record in assists in the Big Ten as well as Michigan State sucked had to be against Wisconsin sucked even more that that the pass that made him go in the record book was a sick alley-oop that was sick. uh that's probably gonna get repaid replayed for eternity uh so yeah, that was that was a tough look. There's lots of alley oops out there. Uh, <laughs> How did I had a nice little gosh I'm old moment when um, they showed Mateen Cleaves? Yeah, stance, and I was like, oof. Yeah, he looks old. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> oh crap! That's that's me. That's, that's me. me. It's I mean, only a few more. Yeah, four or five years. Slightly less uh, athletic version of Mateen Cleaves. To be yeah, honest. and then um, and they kept yeah. When I think afterwards, I don't know if you saw, but they were they let him talk in the mic. No, I didn't see um, and then he was just like, "Yeah, I hope this record stands for you know twenty years from now as well." As well, I was like, "Damn, it's been twenty years since since Mateen Cleaves played." Yeah. That was an old moment. That was an old moment for sure. Um, I can't imagine what Cassius Winston's going to look like in twenty years. Oh boy, Oof. <laughs> he's good. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. All right. Uh, so yeah, I feel. I, I just feel. Meh. Yeah, yeah. I you think it was expected. You know, it would have been nice. It was nice they made it a game at one point, but you know, you know, schedule loss. Schedule loss. Uh, Boys to Men sing national anthem, Marlo. Oh wow, not a good start. Not a good start. Oh wow. Uh, ooh, Packers hold third and one. Oh, right, game, game started. Spot. Yeah, depending on the spot, that uh, always goes against the Packers, right, Marlo? All right. Uh, on the next, always. <laughs> to, uh, Badgers. <laughs> Host Nebraska midweek over the weekend at Purdue. Uh, so Nebraska, let's let's take that first. Got to win. It's a must win. Yes. Um, your boy. They're not good. Uh, what's the coach in Nebraska's name? Horbert. Horbert. <laughs> your boy Horbert. Uh, yep. He's there. Uh, yeah. Doesn't have the program. Uh, probably to be fair, at the same level that Scott Frost has the Nebraska program, but uh, much less. <laughs> Much less talk about. <laughs> oh, that was a good dig. Much uh, less expectation uh, on their end. Got to be a win. Got to be a win. Got to close that one out. 
anything less than that is uh, a felony. Um, yes, unacceptable. <laughs> then at Purdue, I, I don't know what to think about this one. Purdue uh, play, playing well at home, but not uh, the Purdue teams that we're used to. I don't yep. know, not your grandfather's Purdue team. However, you want to see it. So, yeah, I've uh, I have to go into this game with a little bit of hope, but I, knowing that that's it's a Mackey Arena is a tough place to play. Uh, we typically don't play well there, but it is a game that we can win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I fear I'm going to go into that with that expectation. Uh, we Wisconsin historically has really struggled at Mackey Arena. Uh, Purdue is essentially like similar to Wisconsin this year um, in the sense that home equals win, road equals loss. <laughs> and now we're on the road there. They still have Harms, who's probably one of the most annoying players to cheer against. Uh, they annoying. have uh, Eastern, uh, who is just a confounding player because one play he looks like the best player in the conference, and the next play he looks like he's never played basketball before. <laughs> Such a weird player. Uh, I can't imagine rooting for him. It's frustrating enough rooting against him. Uh, yeah, should be should be a good one. And then uh, Williams is the, the the power forward is their is their leading scorer. Um, so they have you know the size to to match up with us. So. Will be an interesting one. I'm going to try and tamp down my expectations, but I definitely think it's one we could go and steal. Nice. All right. All right. That'll be it for Badger basketball. Uh, do you want to go watch the game now? That's fine. That's fine. Let's just let's just cut through. There's not much left. Okay. All right. Well, moving on then. All right. Moving on to uh, moving on to baseball, Marlon. We're going to talk baseball. Baseball. In- in January, I had to look yep. at the calendar. I remember what month it was there. That was weird. Facebook <laughs> <laughs> in January. Uh, Astros, huge cheaters, big old cheaters, uh, caught with, or I guess were they, they weren't really caught. Uh, word came out that they were using uh, cameras basically in center field to steal signs, then relay yep. the signs to somebody in the dugout who would bang trash cans. <laughs> yeah, bang trash cans. <laughs> the most hilarious part. In some of the more uh, sparsely attended games, you can literally hear it, um, <laughs> which is crazy. Obviously, you can't in like playoff games and stuff because there's fans and it's loud. But like when they're yeah. playing uh, the White Sox or somebody who doesn't play well, <laughs> <laughs> that was dope. <laughs> they think before they make a playoff run, they're gonna make a yeah. playoff run this year. Right? Yep. Um, so there were MLB didn't investigate investigation punishment came out uh the general manager and the manager hinch were suspended and subsequently fired uh the team was fined five million dollars first and second round draft picks were stripped for the next two drafts i believe um i don't know how many there are baseball draft who knows anything about that um and no penalty to the players and i guess subsequently alex cora who manages the red sox who are also under investigation for I presume some sort of similar uh, cheating scandal and Beltran of who was recently named the manager of the Mets has been uh, mutually, I think both of them mutually um, (laughs) it was a mutual breakup. Mutual breakup. Yeah. Both Garth accounts. Um, So all that to say, yep. Astros cheated. They got punished question mark. Um, But the, and anyway, no players did. No players got punished. No players did. But, so yeah, this was this was definitely uh, hey, let's just sweep this under the rug type of deal. All right, yep. we we caught you. Well, we caught you quote unquote cheating, and we can talk about what that is in a minute. But if we're going to punish you, all we have to do is suspend the GM and fire to nothing, and you know just everything else, and, and we'll just wipe our hands of this and never talk about it again. 
yeah, it definitely seems. Yeah, when you put it like that, I, I very much agree, especially since suspending the GM and manager only to them have them fired seems like no punishment at all to the Astros. I guess you lose those guys who are presumably good at their job. They did win a World Series. Um, yeah. But even if they, like, they were probably fired anyway, so it doesn't, like, them being suspended <laughs> doesn't even feel like a punishment. I think. What'll be interesting is to see what so how important that punishment is of them being suspended, I think relies on time for us to be able to identify or to be able to kind of get our heads around because if they get hired right away after a year, yeah. then this is like no punishment. But if they're like never get another job or five years from now they can get a job again, like that's a punishment. If they never get yeah. a job, I would Say that might be a little bit harsh. Like, I didn't want them to be suspended forever. Like this suspended would, for life. That would seem too harsh. Uh-huh. But I don't. So I don't know where where their suspension should end. A year kind of seems fine for the individuals, and then kind of let baseball decide when they should get hired again. Um, if all of the league the teams in the league are as mad as they say they are, uh, then it they shouldn't get hired, right? And then that will kind right. of prove out that punishment. Um, yeah. But I guess from an organizational standpoint, you're right. It does kind of let the team off the hook because now they get a new manager. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the team moves on. A $5 million fine. I just think it's hilarious that they're like, Psh, that's nothing to billionaires. And it's like, well. Yeah, it's still $5 million. It's, it's $5 million. It's the maximum. I can't really blame them for uh, MLB for that. And draft picks are draft picks. Again, I, I can't really comprehend how valuable those are. Like in the yeah. NFL, I can comprehend what a first-round pick is. I cannot do that in baseball. Um but it's, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Like, I, I, is this tainting baseball? Do you think like, so people I, are going to go and be like, I'm less interested in baseball, or what do you? How do you think? No. Like well, that? firstly, no one told me. Is there is there a written rule that you can't steal signs? Uh, I mean, there's some rule. There's just some a, rule. Okay. Well, I, I, I just think, fe- I think using technology was the uh, using technology was the issue. Got it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it just seems I don't I don't feel like well for me it doesn't taint baseball. I know purists it probably does. I don't know how many purists are still out there, but uh, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I can, it, the, for me it's like I just feel like I feel like they can't be the only ones doing this. Uh, stealing signs have been around forever. Yeah. Your technology is just you know we're just they're just using cameras now to to find those signs and steal them. So you know it should be on you to change your signs. By the way. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I personally don't think, I think it's, I think it's hilarious how this went down. The banging of trash cans, uh, is really, (laughs) we got this rolling and, and this went forward. So I don't think it'll get, for me, it's not tainted. I think it's a somewhat comical chapter in, in baseball. Um, and then we'll just keep moving forward. Yeah. I think the thing is, uh, as far as stealing signs, kind of the normal, what's kind of allowed in baseball is you got to run around second base. He's looking in, he's tapping a slide to say, Hey, this pitch is going to be down in a way or whatever. Yeah. You know, yep. that kind of thing. You're stealing signs then, but you have to have a runner on second base and both teams can do that, right? Both teams right. can have the ability to get a runner on second base, but this gives the Astros an advantage in their home games, yeah. uh, which I think is kind of the, the reason that this is, is a bit more. Um, I think a lot of other teams are doing something, yeah. Uh, so that's why I think it's hilarious that everybody, you know, Yankees, 
uh, fans um, kind of looking at the Red Sox and Astros, uh, Dodgers fans being you know looking at this and going, "Hey, we should be awarded the championship or something." I'm glad they didn't take away the championship. Like I always think that's dumb and meaningless. Uh, yeah. No, you did just, not win that. We just wouldn't have a champion. You can't give it to the other team. That doesn't make sense because. You know, I don't know. You NCAA goes down that road. It's really confusing and pointless. Um, and uh, okay, he fell down. Um, <laughs> it would be meaningless, I think, if, if baseball did that. So I'm okay that they that they didn't do that. I'm a little frustrated. Players didn't get punished. Um, I understand why they didn't to sweep it under the rug, as you mentioned. Yeah. Because uh, if players get punished, then you have a union involved, and then you have to have. Uh, you know, hearings about it, and then this goes on forever and ever. Um, this way, it's we all move on, and it gets swept under the rug. Um, so, I don't know. I do. I I'm not less interested in baseball. I'm a little bit frustrated, um, but if the Brewers are winning, I'm going to be I'm going to be there anyway. So that's that's my take. That's there you go. And that's rumors that's... more cheating, Marlo. Maybe uh, Altuve wore a wire. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> the home and road splits during the playoffs is actually crazy for a lot of the Astros players. Like going from 300 batting average to like 210. Or really? Like I didn't. I didn't get into the weeds three. in it. But yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's just, oh well, it's been presented. You know, and I don't know. Maybe it's I didn't go back and like check the facts, but like um, it's it's bad. It, it looks like. <laughs> players play better at home but it's baseball you know it's not it shouldn't be that bad and it looks bad in some of these instances for them um all right that's baseball um yeah brewer's not involved at all as far as i know so <laughs> yet check the i stick with my sources marlo they all say brewers completely clear of any cheating in fact they brewers should be are the clear series. of cheating all right well give them a world series <laughs> All right. Well, that was baseball in January. Um, now we'll get to everyone's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. All right, Milo. Another, another weekend, another Liverpool victory. Uh, it's an unbelievable season. This time, Liverpool 2, Manchester United 0. It was really 1-0. Liverpool scored a late goal to, um, to seal it on Mohamed Salah. Um, 49ers just scored on a third and eight, and they ran the ball. Um Liverpool now sits. So first of all, I guess about the game, I scored on a Virgil Van Dijk header uh, about halfway through the first half, and really didn't look back. Manchester United without Marcus Rashford just could not create many chances. They had a little bit of a flurry at the end, but it never really felt like they were threatening. Never really felt like they were creating the chances they need to get a goal to equalize it. Um, with this victory, Liverpool has now defeated every team uh, in the Premier League. The only team to not lose to Liverpool thus far had been Manchester United getting a 1-1 draw earlier in the season. Uh, now Liverpool, I guess, got revenge for that or something. Uh, and now they sit 16 points clear ahead of Manchester City in second place with a game in hand. Uh, it's an absolutely unbelievable season and absolutely um, just a great display of how much control they have in this game, uh, over the over the game, in this game. Um, so yeah, great, great week for the corner kick. Um, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Uh, so Javier Hernandez 
goes yeah, to LX uh, Galaxy. Chicharito becoming the highest played, highest paid, excuse me, MLS player, which seems kind of weird. <laughs> He'd be the highest paid. He's good. I mean, he's he will do well in the MLS, but he's not. Uh, he's not a name like David Villa was, or Ibrahimovic was, or you know Kaka, or some of the other players who kind of have come to Schweinsteiger, come to the MLS as kind of the the tailish end of their career. Uh, he's probably more closer to his peak than some of those other players, uh, and will play well. And um, he's uh, a Mac, uh, plays on the Mexican national team, so maybe there's a little bit more of the trying to get that fan base. They're in Southeast California, involved with the teams that kind of precluded getting a, a higher salary. It was just a little surprising that he's the highest paid uh, player, uh, but maybe he'll board out to be worth that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know on the field if he'll be that impactful. Yeah, the guaranteed salary around six million. LA paid the transfer fee of nine point four million to Sevilla. So to get him. Wow. Yeah, to get him. It's, hmm. it's wild. That is wild. A lot. Usually, I don't feel like MLS pay, usually pays significant transfer fees. So that, I mean, nine million dollars in the world of soccer for transfer fee is a very small transfer fee, but it's a transfer fee nonetheless. Um, yeah. which presumably means he had other options and other places that he could have gone and wanted to come to MLS, which I guess maybe is a sign of good things for, um, for the league. All right. Anything else? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, all right. We're get done. I got nothing else. Stop. That's going to be it for me. All right. As always, you can find us on Twitter at 132Breeze, myself at MarlowJR, Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Casey, you got any last words? Uh, I was going to do a Packer cheer thing, but um, by this time they already know how it went. All right. Uh, <laughs> until next time, <laughs> fellow fans, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports.